This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Sav and Sean Show. I am one of your hosts, Sav. And I am one of your hosts, Sean. And this is our show, as the name suggests. Welcome, everybody. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you, honestly? I'm alive. You're here. On this plane that we call the Earth. We're in this moment of existence. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say we're on the timeline, but there is no timeline. It's just time falls like confetti. One could say we are in a multiverse of madness. No, it's it's just a regular Tuesday, if you ask me. Retweet. So what is going on? What's trending? What's in the pop cultural zeitgeist? You have been um, like the expert writer uh, now. You're formally employed. So you're all about what's trending. What's going on? Give me the deets. Well, honestly, I have a theory right now that I'm working on about the Young Avengers uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point. So any fans of the Marvel comics know the Young Avengers. Obviously, it is a younger group of superpowered individuals yes. uh, that eventually take up, you know, the mantle of like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, like protecting the world from bad guys and stuff after, you know, the Avengers were like, I'm out. Bye. Um, I mean, they're too long doing this. I'm tired. Or they're dead. Yeah. Re- rest in peace. But so the Young Avengers include Kate Bishop, who was introduced in Disney Plus Marvel's Hawkeye in December. Mm-hmm. Kid Loki, who had a short and brief appearance in Loki. Um, and then Speed and Wiccan, who are also known as uh, Billy and Tommy Maximoff, who were featured in WandaVision. And um, although it wasn't like explicitly stated that like Billy and Tommy grow up to be Speed and Wiccan, um, their powers were like definitely like in play in WandaVision and their Halloween costumes in episode six were like almost. Right, they were themed. Yeah, exact to what they were in the comics. Um, and so also another member of the Young Avengers is um, I want to say Miss Marvel. Um, who the, they're coming out with a Marvel's TV show, or I, they're coming out with a Miss Marvel show, and then the Marvel's, I'm pretty sure is what they're calling the second Captain Marvel movie, Ooh. which will also feature Photon, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau, who we saw in WandaVision 2. Hey. Um, but so basically my thought is that because they've introduced all of these characters in Disney Plus Marvel shows, mm-hmm. they're going to do eventually a Young Avengers Disney Plus Marvel show before they do a feature film, like probably for Phase 5. And here's why. Um, because obviously we're running out of heroes, right? So like when you think about how Phase 3 ended with like Infinity War and with Endgame or whatever, that was because A, a lot of people's contracts were up and B, you know, the Infinity Saga was over, right? And right. so you need new villains and new heroes to keep the momentum going of a universe. Right. I don't think they're going to go the route of like multiverse of like, oh, it's going to be Benedict Cumberbatch playing four different versions of Doctor Strange in the next 10 movies that Marvel makes. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. So I think logically the next logical step would be to like introduce another team of superheroes. So right, like to keep it going. Yeah, and they tried to do it with Eternals last year and Eternals just wasn't super well received um, by critics and by fans because a lot of people felt it was a lot of lore and a lot of history packed into 
two and a half hours with, you know, all of these different characters and all this backstory, which I think Eternals in a format would have worked much better as a Disney Plus show. Yeah. Right? And so that's why I kind of like that they are doing shows now, Marvel, mm-hmm. um, simply because we get all of that backstory and all of that context now spread across multiple episodes versus trying to shove it all into a two and a half hour runtime. Right. You get the length of three movies versus one. Correct. And so like with movies like Spider-Man No Way Home, like no spoilers, obviously, um, but like that movie is one that you don't need all of the backstory because it's a third installment of a trilogy. You know what I'm saying? So that could be packed with yeah. the Easter eggs and the lore and the history and all of that shit because it's stuff that fans will recognize and appreciate Right. versus trying to introduce it all at the same time. Hope that fans understand all this new information and digest it while also paying attention to the plot and the characters in the movie. It's a lot to do in one movie. And so I think because they've introduced all these characters of the Young Avengers in shows, Mm -hmm. it's hinting at a Young Avengers show. Because another member of the Young Avengers I didn't talk about was Cassie Lang, who's Ant-Man's daughter, obviously, Scott Lang. Um, And she, in Avengers Endgame, is, you know, five years older now. She's a little bit older. She's not a little girl anymore. She's closer to, like, Kate Bishop's age. And she's a member of the Young Avengers. She eventually becomes stature, I'm pretty sure. So, like, I'm pretty convinced that that's what we're going to see next out of Marvel. Yes. Um, And then maybe a Young Avengers film franchise like you know they did with Avengers where they introduced Iron Man and then Tony Stark in their movies I think they're gonna do something similar where they introduce everyone in a show mm-hmm. like a six episode limited series and then expand to cue it that. up for yeah for a film I think that's what's gonna happen I mean I just want to see you know whoever takes up like the grown-up of age version of Wiccan so I can see some gayness yes uh, on the Marvel TV screen that would be yes we got the death culture already represented in 2021 now we need some more gays in Marvel like movies let's go we need let's it. let's go we had a little bit of gay representation in Eternals but we need more um yeah I love that my my the thing that I've been like a little obsessed with lately um is this anime which I know, shocker. Sean's a little bit of a weeb, low key. I try to keep it on the low. Ooh. Um, when I was up in um, doing my contract, which eventually I'll stop fucking talking about. But um, <laughs> when I was up, I with uh, our friend Eduardo, um, our friend Megan, Eduardo, and then also um, our new friend Dylan, who I hope to have on the pod sometime. He's a gem. Um, we started doing these like anime nights because there was this one anime that Eduardo wanted to show us called Little Witch Academia, and. It's it's honestly really, really good. And it's sort of set. It's like this girl who's like, I'm a witch. Or she saw like a witch perform. Because like performance, I guess, canonically in like this universe is like witchcraft is like sacred and should be loved. Okay. Rather than like burning them at the stake. I kind of like that. Exactly. I dig that. And it's all set in like modern times. So like people in the normal day to day are like, witchcraft's like old news. It's like old school. Like we don't care about this. And so this woman, Shining Chariot. Uh, she is like doing like witchcraft is like a performance art type deal. And all these people who are witches are like, this is sacred. This should be respected. Her name is Shining Chariot. Shining Chariot. That's her her God-given name. <laughs> I, no, her real name's like Ursula or something. I'm dead. Okay, now <laughs> I see why. But Shining Chariot is not a, a grand step up from Ursula. No, not really. It's like, it's very much a, uh, like a stage name. Anyway, so like the, the lead character in the show sees Shining Chariot perform. Um, and, uh, and she's like, oh my God, I'm going to be like, just like Shining Chariot. And so she goes to like this witchcraft school, very Hogwarts. And um, she's like not very good at magic, but like she can do it. So like she's like trying to figure it out. And like her misadventures along the way with like her two buddies. And everything is like very linked 
to pop like other bits of pop culture. So mm-hmm. like they'll be like they have the classic witch hats, but there's like little ribbons and they're like green and blue and yellow and red. <laughs> it's like there's so many nods to so many other like witchy things where you're just like Okay, so this is that. Like, this is Harry Potter. I understand what you're doing. Like, <laughs> not so vague. Did you see the thing about Harry Potter basically being a ripoff of Star Wars? Oh my god, no, I didn't. Okay, so it was this... I don't know if he originated it or if he, like, saw it somewhere and then, like, did a bit about it, but I saw a comedian doing a bit about it, like, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And so basically he was like, Harry Potter is a ripoff of Star Wars. He goes, think about it. A young boy delivered by a bearded stranger to his aunt and uncle who live just outside the world that he's destined to be in, but know <laughs> enough about it. Oh okay? my God. Bearded wizard comes back for the young boy, right? Who then takes him to a world of magic and mystery. And the bearded old old friend, right, is not really versed in magic anymore. So he learns magic from an older, wiser wizard that's on I drugs all the time. Okay, <laughs> right? There was something else that was like, it was something that had to do, oh, like his parents being brutally murdered, things like that. Um, an arch nemesis that like only har- was the harbinger of death. Oh my god! You know shit like that. But like literally everything he said, I was like, Wait a second! Oh no! Well, you know what? That's what you get when you're an old British woman who's transphobic. You just plagiarize an already well put together narrative, and then you know make it part of uh, everyday pop culture. This is why Stephanie Meyer deserved better. I'm screaming. Yes, although she was subtly racist. Do you have the, um, are you on, uh, there's like this one Twilight creator on TikTok who, on the news, who, uh, she like breaks down stuff from, like she's reread the book so many times, like the illustrated guides that she like goes into deep detail about like certain characters and everything. <laughs> and she, it's amazing. I don't even read Twilight like that. And I was like, you're getting a follow, Miss Ma'am. I love what you're putting out. <laughs> I'm a Twilight expert now. Yeah, I'm like a big stan for no reason. I'm like 10 years too late. But um, so she did this one about like the Amazon um, vampires, like the the tribe. And mm-hmm. in the entire illustrated guide, which goes into like in-depth about all of the information in like Stephanie's lore for Twilight. Oh, yes. I I had it. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, the Amazon vampires get a paragraph. All these other, like, very, very white uh, vampires get, like, entire backstories. And the Amazonian vampires literally get a paragraph because they're not. Maybe because Stephanie doesn't know that much about the Amazon. Maybe it wasn't, like, intentional. Maybe she just didn't want to, like, talk like she knew a lot about the Amazon (laughs) and, like, get clocked for it, you know? Sure, maybe. I like to give Stephanie the benefit of the doubt. Nothing, nothing else she has done has led me to believe she's inherently problematic. <laughs> I'm screaming. Aside from having kind of a fantastical obsession with her own fictional character that she created. Yeah, that's a little weird. Or like porn fan fiction around that. Or like Mormonism. <laughs> I saw an interview Robert Pattinson did for Twilight like years ago. And he was like, you know, just the way that Stephanie describes the characters it's 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 as if she herself is bella and like she is in love with with edward who is not real and like the way he talked about it he was just so like disgusted and like so embarrassed and i was losing it it was so funny i'm screaming but yeah that's 
that's the the anime is what's what's trending in my life right now and uh like most things that i enjoy that are trending to me they were actually trending years ago and are just now relevant to me and me only Hmm. well welcome to the twilight fandom thanks we're happy you're here i'm happy to be here okay let's get into our topic Okay, so what are we talking today? Today, the word of the day is hobby. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hobbies. <laughs> I also love how you said the word of the day, like Sesame Street. The word of the day is hobbies. Oh, see, I was thinking of that like SNL sketch of like the secret word is. Oh. And then they like can't say the word, but it, I'm pretty sure it was Kristen Wiig and she would always be like, the secret word is pumpernickel. And she'd be like, oh my God, I got this one. It's... <laughs> and she would like always say and they're like that's not how you play the game and she's i don't know what you're talking about i didn't i didn't say the word and they're like we just heard you say pumpernickel she'll go but that was the voice too i'm assuming it was a play on sesame street because it would always be like the secret word is i love it potato farm that's everybody's favorite secret word Potatoes are incredibly versatile. I think they get a bad rep. They can literally do anything. So what if they have zero nutritional value? Right. And, and they, uh, they're they just delicious and do all that you need them to do, except grow in Ireland when they should. And that's on potato famine. Um, no, but, but that's why we have Idaho, baby. Hey! Uh, and then potato flakes, which turn into instant mashed potatoes. A dream. Modernism. Thank you, science. Harry Potter ain't got nothing on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we're talking about hobbies. And it's sort of funny because hobbies are... Like, people usually have hobbies. I've only met a few people that don't have hobbies. And the people that don't have hobbies uh, are just weird. Like, they... They have nothing going on. They were the same kids that didn't have like electives in high school. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, what do you do? They're like, I go clubbing. I, I go out to the club. I, I drink with the girls. And you can do those things. You just can't do those things exclusively. <laughs> those can't be the only <laughs> things that you do. Literally. So what are your hobbies? What you got? Well, funny enough, I don't really have any. <laughs> I'm screaming. How come every time that I pose a topic, your immediate response is always nothing? Well, no, it's hilarious that you're over here like, yeah, people that have no hobbies are just weird. And I'm over here like, oh, my God, what interests me? What do I like to do? Not as there's a whole wall of paintings behind you. Not that. Well, I was going to say I paint. But other than that, I like to take naps. Okay. Um, And uh, I recently got a fancy schmancy coffee maker for Christmas. So I've been making a lot of lattes and drinking a lot of coffee, like a lot. Well, you're like a formal barista now. Yeah, I know. So, like, you'd think that it wouldn't be my job to make everyone fancy coffee when I get home. But no, I'm wrong. They're like, I'm you wrong. know how to it's do it It's definitely now. my job. Yeah, definitely my job. Even though the machine is very simple and you just have to press the button that says latte and it does it all for you. <laughs> we love a gift that's turned into a chore. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, the coffee is delicious. And I've gotten very spoiled. So, like, yesterday I had a minor freak out. Because I was driving to work at five in the morning. As you do. And I drink a cup of coffee on my way to work. And then when I get there, I brew a double shot of blonde espresso and just pound it like a tequila shot because I hate myself. What a treat. And it also helps me with my morning poo. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I was like, I made a regular cup of coffee, though, not a latte like I've been making because it takes too much time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm go- I got to go. I got a place to be. So I'm drinking my coffee on the way to work. And I'm wondering, I'm like, oh, my God, can I not taste this? Like, does this taste 
weird to me. And so I'm sitting there and then I realized like, no, it's just because I've been so spoiled by having <laughs> fancy, delicious lattes that when I brew a regular cup of coffee now, it just tastes like I shit. screaming, not you. That's like the, the most one percentage thing I've ever heard you say. Not you being like, oh my God, do I have coronavirus? Nope. It's just that I'm drinking cheap, normal coffee. <laughs> My coffee's just shit. And it's the same coffee. I just brewed it as a regular cup of coffee and not as a latte with I'm a fancy machine. You bougie and it, bitch. the flavor of it is like completely different. Like I really didn't think it would make a huge difference. Completely different. I use the same amount of creamer and sugar that I always use. Have you done any of the fun coffee art with like the foam yet? Like making the leaf? Today I made one that looked like a turd. Oh, fun. Yeah. Did that take work to do or you just did it? Well, I was trying, and then it ended up just looking like a turd. Oh. You know, it's it's happy accidents. But, yeah, I can pour a perfect flat white with the perfect little circle in the middle um, at work. That's me. And That's what I am. I, I'm a flat white. <laughs> well, you want to know what I found out? I don't know if I told you this. So I found out the difference between flat whites and, like, a latte is that flat whites are made traditionally with whole milk. Oh, my God. So when we were in Australia and I drank a fucking flat white every single day, I was drinking 12 <laughs> ounces of steamed whole milk. <laughs> I've been wondering. <laughs> and wondering why I was so bloated. Because <laughs> you, not the desperation to hit the bathroom anytime we left the house in the one country that has no public restrooms. Because not only was I consuming espresso, I was consuming it with full fat milk. Basically heavy whipping cream at this point. <laughs> Oh my god. I was when I found that out, I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that is absolutely That's ridiculous. the difference. That's why it's so smooth and delicious. I should have known though. Uh, yeah, anything they are smooth with and delicious. Full fat in it for sure. I'll tell you what though, an, an a flat white with oat milk, mm. pretty damn delicious. A treat, a gift. I in terms of like my hobbies, I do this thing which is super fun, uh, where I'll get drunk and then I'll just be listening to music. And I'll be like, wait a second, I can do this. I can, I can sing this song. Because I always have so much more um, belief in myself when I'm intoxicated than I do at any other moment. And I'm always said, I think that's the appeal of alcohol. Yeah, literally. That's, that's the main thing. Um, I feel like I can actually do things. Uh, that's alcoholism. Hey. Uh, but I'll, I'll be like so secure and sure in myself that I can belt the shit out of this song in my big acoustically relevant household. And then I do it and then I hate it and I delete it. But it takes up like six hours of my time <laughs> as I keep re-recording and then editing and like modifying a cover that just can never see the light of day. I do that where like I'll be in the car driving and singing along and I'll be like, wow, I actually sound pretty good right now. So I'll like go to record myself singing, but then the sounds of like everything when I'm driving, plus like if my blinker's on or anything like that. And then also just the disgust and hearing my own voice played back to me. Yeah. Um, because I in in my mind I sound very different than I actually do, I guess. I guess maybe not that much different, but like in my mind, I have like a sexy kind of like gravelly like like vocal fry kind of voice, you okay, know? Okay, yeah, I could see that. Uh, like, like Paris Hilton, but like intelligent sounding, you know? Yeah. But then like, I just have like a really gross kind of sounding, <laughs> very average sounding voice. Yeah, it's not average, but I will say somebody whose job is literally to listen to your voice all the time, because <laughs> um, I have to go through and, and listen and edit and everything like that. Um, I really do like your voice. And I it does sometimes have a little bit of gravel, but usually the gravel only comes into play when you're like really tired. 
Which is all, most always. Hey, so, so uh, you're ending the result. But you know the science behind that, where um, you, the reason why you sound one way in your head versus outside is because the when you're speaking or singing, the sound is reverberating off of the bones in your head. And so it sounds more acoustic. Whereas when it's being picked up by a recording, it doesn't have the bones. So it sounds mm. less, like more flat. That makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah. That's why, like, when you do sing, you can sometimes feel it, like, in your face. Okay, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But I, I definitely feel the recording something. Spending a lot of time, like, in the hopes that, okay, if I just do it one more time, it's going to be perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't tell you how many times it's been, like, one more time. And then I look up, and it's six in the morning, and none of it's good. And then I'm that, like... That was me, like, the whole time we I was editing Rihanna. And I was like, okay, I can throw my own background vocals in here and love how it sounds. Yeah. And I was like, no, I can do it one more time. No, I can do it <laughs> one more time. No, I can blend it one more time. And then, like, I, I would still feel like the end result was not any better than what I started with. And I just wasted how, all, how many hours doing Well, it's nothing. funny that you mentioned that because I actually, I think I emailed you the other, or emailed you. I emailed you on the Hotmail. Uh, <laughs> I texted you, rather. Uh, T9, what's good? Uh, but I texted you the other day uh, asking for the files for Rhiannon so I could like show some people. And I'll let mm-hmm. you know, it still holds up. The, and the people who listened didn't know anything about it, and then they loved it. And also, just so you know, FYI, the finale episode isn't in the drive. And so we listened to the four of them, and then they never got the finale. So they just keep, they hit, like, all the people who listened have hit me up and been like, hey, you got the finale? Yikes, that's my fault. Okay, well, we'll have to give the people what they want. But it's definitely something I want to revisit. I've started following some people on TikTok that are, like, music producers that yeah. do tips and stuff. So I've learned a couple of really interesting things for making things sound fuller, Mm -hmm. like a choir singing them, even if it's just one person. So I kind of want to go back and explore some of the group numbers with the new tricks that I've kind of learned. Mind you, a lot of the people are doing it with Logic, so I won't have the exact same software. But, you know, going in and trying to use some of those tricks to see if it really does affect the sound. Yeah. Um, But it's also something I'd be interested in, you know, recasting certain parts for the project and kind of you know revamping it and doing it again yeah for but sure. my problem is i i never seem to know when to let go of things so mm-hmm. like with fuck boys i did fuck boys for two years i wrote anxieties and then a year later we did it again as a film so like i need to get better at just writing things and letting them go rather than like revisiting and how can i make this better right. after it's already been done yeah absolutely but i'm such a perfectionist that i just can't seem to quit which is great for hobbies because that it uh, something that's supposed to be a fun outlet for energy becomes a chore <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then i never want to do it again yeah. and then i take another six months to regroup and then I decide I want to go through that emotional turmoil and then, you know, the cycle continues. We love it. We love a fun, cyclical, traumatic moment. Um, no, but I guess technically this sort of started as a hobby. Um, like the podcast in and of itself. Because uh, I was mm-hmm. like, I want to do this. And I I hadn't had the chance to like, you know, I had thought about doing it for a long time. And I didn't really know its viability as like a career move. Um, and thankfully... Uh, it seems like it does have that ability as long as it keeps going well. Um, we are proud to to confirm we have made one whole dollar doing the podcast. A whole dollar, which we're your, very thankful Your ears for. have really, really helped us. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening. Hey, you know what? That's one dollar more than I had from doing this at all. So um, 
I'm, and that's what we call progress. Yeah. So it's a fun hobby. And then hobbies, I I don't know. There's some that I would like to try. Unfortunately, like digital art, I really, really like. I would love mm-hmm. to have like the means because I love photography also. I guess that's another hobby, quote unquote. But mm-hmm. um, most of the stuff that I'm doing like with photography is I'll have a fun idea and the execution is never as good as I want it to be. That's, that's really what the topic is. Um, <laughs> but my execution is never as much as I want it to be. So then I get a little disheartened, but then I mess with it to come up with like a good viable product. But I always have these like really avant-garde things that I want to put on. And then I just look like I have fucking cross eyes or a lazy eye or my body or something like that. It's probably not the best outlet for somebody who's not very body confident. <laughs> Same. I feel like all the seasons I spent watching America's Next Top Model, I would at least be better at taking photographs exactly. and I'm not at all. I literally, I'll sit there and be like, remember to smize, bitch. And then I'm just like, hey, it's not. It's, it's gotten to the point now that I will purposely smile goofy in pictures because I know, like, there's no point in even trying to look hot. Exactly. So I'll, like, just purposely look bad, but, like, still be looking cute. Like, I'll mm-hmm. have a cute outfit on and, like, do my makeup and hair, but, like, purposely pose really badly or, like, smile really cheesy. Yes. So that, like, they know I'm not trying too hard to look She's good. She's just in a silly, goofy mood. Yeah. He, 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 he. <laughs> all the time, my pictures are now all like this. But it's fine because you're not posting them anywhere anyway. Yeah, um. I know. It's just my mother's selfies. <laughs> Screaming. But which actually... It's do- Christmas. Let's take a selfie. We worked out. Let's take a selfie. It's New Year's. Let's take a selfie. They do come out cute. And honestly, it's helpful for me because then I have content to put out for the podcast, at least for the Christmas episode. You're welcome. Hey, remember, I don't want anyone to see me ever, ever again. again. Uh, but no, hobbies I'd like to try, like digital art. Like um, I took a digital art class in high school. Uh, where like we had like Photoshop and did all this stuff and um, I really enjoyed that so that would be a fun thing to try um, directing I would love to direct I find that um, I have a lot of good ideas which is mm-hmm. speak to me a year ago I would have told you that all my ideas suck and they're awful and I can't make anything good but um, I think that I'm really good at like a big picture um, and how I want things to look Maybe I'm just opinionated and I think that's viable for direction. But um, I would love to direct something. And that's a fun hobby that I would like to do. Um, Yeah, I would definitely love to make another movie. Yeah. So that's something I kind of want to work towards, even if it's not this year. Just, you know, figuring out, you know, I have what to write and then go from there. Yeah. But because it's a it's a so like it's such a cool art form. And honestly, I will say that working with you like as long as I have that the the grand scheme of things that we've like worked on together have been so varied, like the forms of media that they're in that. Yeah, it'd be so cool to like explore those more, you know? Yeah, for real. I mean, I just I think my mantra for this year in general is just do more. Yeah. Um, and so I think that means even if I really, really want to take a nap, I should get off my ass and do something instead, whether it's write an article or watch something. I also have a goal to watch 365 movies this year. Ooh. Um, I had a friend uh, that I knew several years ago. He actually lived like across the street from my neighborhood um, and I went to school with his kids. Um, but he's a director and a writer and he lives in LA and his he had a goal last year to watch 365 movies and then about halfway through the year he realized he was like well on his way to the goal so he changed it to 500 movies oh my gosh and he watched 500 movies in a year not all new like some of them he had seen before right but i have like a little list i'm gonna do like a color coding system of like once i've seen before what genre they are um and try to write them down so i think that'll be so awesome as long as you don't turn into one of those like pa people that's a tool you know, that's like, they'll, they'll be like, uh, they're a PA. So they're like, I'm an expert. Like, 
uh, Quentin Tarantino is the best gift that he's ever been given to the world, which I don't think is you anyway. No, I would like to definitely explore like different directing styles. Mm-hmm. So like I really love uh, Wes Anderson films. Same. Like the cinematography in them, I just think is really pleasing to my brain. Um, and also like I was, so I recently re- rewatched the Kingsman movies. So good. The cinematography in them is really interesting um like the first one especially there are multiple shots that are one take shots like mostly action sequences Mm -hmm. but it's one take but they do different speeds of motions like they'll do a super slow mode version and then speed it up all in the same take so it looks like a video game it's awesome so like stuff like that is super cool to me and super interesting and it's stuff i'm paying attention to more now like in hawkeye 2 the one uh, in episode three where they have the big car chase. Mm-hmm. The first like 90 seconds of that whole sequence is a one shot camera take. And oh you can God. tell like exactly when the cut is. It's when like she gets out of the car window to like shoot her bow and arrow. They use a lens flare from the sun to disguise the cut. So you can't really tell it's a jump cut, but that's where they change takes. So it's like wild. Yeah, that shit I never really noticed before until uh, someone I used to know. Like they were really big into movies and stuff so they would always point out like camera work and stuff because that was what where their brain went and my yeah. brain always went to like the dialogue and the action right so it's like the um, different side of it yeah can i tell you the movie i not to make this all about movies now but um i recently rewatched um both of the charlie's angels movies like the 2000s ones and the directing style of that and just the way that they were shot was almost it was like so close to uncanny valley in the sense that They're like these super intense action movies, but the way that they're put together is almost spoof-like and parody without being like Mm -hmm. a comedy. Like it, it, yeah, it's like it's campy almost. Yes, literally. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm looking for. The term camp, because like you'll have like the super badass action sequence, but then everything's on wires, so it's not hyper realism, but it has yeah. the same like the same building blocks of like a realistic fight scene where you're just like, this isn't sitcom TV. It's 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 just really really interesting to look at. That's that's also what I like about the Kingsman movies. Like, so like for example, the first one with Samuel L. Jackson as the villain, mm-hmm. his whole character is just like over the top rich campy like yeah. megalomaniac evil guy but like not evil you know what i mean like doesn't come across as like that dr evil kind of like slimy really really wants like everyone to die like mm-hmm. he's just a rich guy that has way too much money and he's doing exactly what anyone with too much money would do he's trying to right. have the power but like the way that the whole first sequence of the movie is like so good. Yeah. Oh, there are so many moments that are just like, wow, this is a great film. So yeah. That's cool. Movies are my hobby. Yeah. I would consider that a hobby a hundred percent. Yeah. Because like it's an absorbing of media, but that you're also really passionate about and you can relax from, but like really appreciate. I love that. I feel like that's also a direction that like book clubs are going. You know, like it's like a yeah. movie club. Like you get to like download afterwards, talk about people's like thoughts, feelings, expectations, things like that, which is really cool. I love that. Yeah, I love I've been really into analyzing stuff lately. I from June to October, November, I really consumed a lot of movies, mostly horror movies. Mm-hmm. Um, And I don't feel like I really absorbed anything I was watching. So I'm really trying again, back to the whole like be present thing. Yeah. Just like, you know, pay more attention to what I'm watching and like just appreciate it more i guess i don't know for sure i'm also here's hoping i'm i'm got my fingers crossed that when you're on this whole movie journey maybe i can get you to love some of my favorite romantic comedies because i know you absolutely hate not maybe you can't say absolutely not yet 365 movies that'll go by that'll be crazy we'll we'll, we'll fit at least one in there that you want to talk about we'll get it we'll get it no 
<laughs> well, thank you for shutting down all of my ideas. No, I'm kidding. You're welcome. Yeah, those seem like some good hobbies. All right. Well, if you liked what you heard, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button uh, and turn on automatic notifications so that you get a notification every time we release a new episode, which is weekly. So turn that on. Make sure that you rate and review and subscribe, RRS, son. Hey. Uh, it's the best way to help small creators such as ourselves. Um, and we are small, but we are growing. So please tell your friends, your family, your aunt, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, your second cousin, twice removed about our podcast. You can go ahead and follow Sean on Instagram at Anthony underscore clams. You can follow me on TikTok at Savannah Peterson. And you can follow the Sav and Sean show on Instagram at the underscore Sav and Sean underscore show. And I think that covers it. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you guys next, next time. time.